Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you. My name is Susie, and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. I am so excited and so thankful that you're here. I realized that I kind of jump into the topics that I talk about, at least I have the last few weeks, which I feel like is good, but you know, in case you're wondering some things about me, I thought I'd, you know, give a little bit of a life update since. Um, I kind of started a new season a few weeks ago on this podcast and it's summer now and so everybody's lives usually looks a little bit different during the summer. So right now I'm working as an intern at a company called Stephen Ministries, which is a publishing company for a lot of different Christian books and also has a product called Stephen Ministry, which is a lay caregiving ministry that is specifically in churches or other organizations. So I have just been learning so much through this experience. Um, it was a really tough decision. I had a lot of um, kind of paths I was able to take going into this summer, and this was the thing I was the least sure of. But after day one, I was like, oh my gosh, like the Lord is so faithful. Like I'm so excited that I'm getting all of this experience and learning all of these awesome new things. So I have been doing some, you know, research, writing a little bit. I answer the phones. Um, I have been filing a lot, which is cool. Um, But I'm just so grateful to be able to work with people who have been, you know, on this side of ministry for so long. And it's really cool to see that type of perspective. Um, I know I've definitely been deeply, like, transformed and affected by you know, Bible studies or books um, when I was new in my faith. And so it's really encouraging to see what that looks like on that side of ministry again, like not, you know, hands-on necessarily with people, but, you know, providing resources in that way. So that's been awesome. Other than that, I've been like hanging out with my dad, watching a lot of Cardinals baseball. Like there is no reason that I should know multiple Cardinals players and also have like a favorite one who's not even mainstream like I told um, my friend's boyfriend asked who my favorite player was and I said Brendan Donovan and he goes wow I can tell you actually watch because you know that's not like a normal person somebody would say um and so yeah I'm legit now literally I bleed red go Cardinals <laughs> um and yeah just hanging out with friends um eating a lot of ice cream um going on a lot of walks So yeah, it's been more of like a working summer, which is new for me, Um, kind of that nine to five structure, well, technically 830 to five, but it's been great. Um, And so let me know how your summer is going. Feel free to reach out to me in any way, and I love to connect with you. So today I just have this beautiful scripture on my heart, um, kind of a backstory I read the book Redeeming Love, which is amazing. If you haven't read it, let me put you on. This book is literally so good, and I definitely recommend that you read it. But I loved Redeeming Love so much. I looked into some other books that this author has written. Her name is Francine Rivers. And so I went to the trusty half-price bookstore, literally my favorite place, And I got this book called The Masterpiece, which, again, was amazing. It was a little bit more modern than um, Redeeming Love was, which was interesting um, to kind of, you know, see through the lens of what kind of modern-day Christianity looks like in the lives of people. But anyway, one of the 
kind of components of the story was that the main character's testimony basically was that she, you know, came to know the Lord because an angel appeared to her in her room um, for multiple nights after like a really traumatic experience in her life. And, you know, I was reading this and I was like, an angel like that's kind of cool like literally all i knew about angels was that they're like mentioned in the bible and they're in wizards of waverly place so (laughs) i kind of thought to myself maybe i should do a little bit more research on angels like this seems like a really really cool concept so i got a bible study by douglas Connolly, i think is the name called angels you know nicely named and I just really wanted to learn more about what the Bible says about angels and how I can, you know, be seeking angels or understanding what that may look like in my life. And so I bought this Bible study and one of the first passages in scripture that it had you read was Isaiah 6. And when I tell you that this like chapter literally changed my way of thinking Oh my gosh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful scripture. I mentioned it to a few of my friends and like they knew it. Um, my besties, Grace and Stella, like I remember when they studied the book of Isaiah and my good friend Ari also, she's an Isaiah queen. Um, anyway, but I just am going to read it to you and then I just kind of want to, you know, speak out loud or think out loud, I guess, of just like what this has meant to me in the last like few weeks and how it's really shaped my posture and my reverence and you know hopefully you know the word of god speaks to you too and you know maybe you like agree with something that i say or you kind of hear something on your own but again like i mentioned earlier like i want to connect with you so please reach out to me if how this scripture you know affects you or speaks to you in your life so I'm trying to think, I don't want to say drum roll, please. I'm trying to think of like a introductory phrase, but I guess I'll just start reading it. So this is Isaiah chapter six. Oh, I didn't practice like any of these names. So sorry if I butcher them, but okay. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim, which are hint, hint, the angels. That word means burning ones. We're standing above him. They each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. And with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices. And the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am send me. You thought I left, but I just wanted to give you some time to think, to process. If you need to go back and listen to that again, or, 
you know, put this on pause and, you know, Google so you can read it for yourself or open your own Bible to read it for yourself, I definitely encourage that you do that. But, oh, this just struck me so much when I first read it. So I guess I just kind of want to start from the beginning and talk about like what sticks out to me and just how this has really started to affect my life, basically. So this is the, um, you know, the perspective of the prophet Isaiah. And he sees this vision of the Lord. And God is surrounded by these beautiful angels. And so it says that they have six wings and two, they cover their faces. And that just really sticks out to me because I feel like that shows when you're in the presence of God, like you should be in full humility to him. And humility is such a beautiful thing. And I think our culture so often goes against it and speaks into us that we need to, you know, walk with this, you know, confidence and walk with, you know, um, this posture that, you know, we're better, we're strong, um, you know, we're tough. And I'm not, you know, speaking against confidence. I think confidence is a beautiful biblical thing, but I think to an extent that looks like arrogance. And when you are in the presence of God, when you are his servant, when you are faithfully in relationship with him, our posture should only look like humility to him because we just acknowledge that he is so much greater. He is so much more powerful and he is sovereign he is all-knowing he is just it he's everything and so when we're in his presence we don't want to walk with arrogance but we can walk in confidence knowing that he knows us by name that he loves us and that while he's seated on this throne and he seems you know like this you know sovereign creator he's also a close friend and dear father and we need both we need someone who you know, is in control of our lives and, you know, can foresee the things that we can't in order to help us, in order to save us. But we also need someone that we can just connect with and be in a close relationship with and be our father and be our friend. And so I just think it's so beautiful that, you know, in the presence of God, we want to have a posture of humility. And, you know, they covered their feet with their wings as well, because where they were standing was holy ground. But they also had two wings that just kept them upright and kept them flying, which shows their, you know, their willingness and their activity and just ability to serve God. And, you know, they're kind of like on the block and ready to go and ready to do what he calls them to do. And so, you know, I have the opportunity to lead worship at my church on, you know, some Sundays. And even just when I am worshiping on my own, you know, it doesn't have to be in like a leadership role, but when... I'm just in church or whatever. (laughs) I think that really challenges me of what does my posture look like? Like, am I just waiting for the song to be over? Am I just kind of clapping my hands? Am I thinking about a billion other things? And this scripture really challenges me of when I am in like God's presence, especially with other believers, especially in a church setting, you know, I want my eyes to be fixed on him. I want to come in a humble posture. I want to leave all of my arrogance and you know, my supposed righteousness at the door, because that's not what he desires from us. You know, he desires just our willingness and our ability to serve him like the angels had in their wings. Um, And I think that just, you know, helps me to be so reverent to him too, and to, you know, bow down and to 
look to him and not to, you know, the other worship leaders or to, you know, the people around me. Am I being inappropriate? Am I being weird? Am I being too much? You know, like nothing is too much for God. Like we want to give him our everything. And like when we imagine him on this throne seated high above us, that really challenges to consider like who we're talking to and who we're worshiping. And this is even just more exemplified as it says the angels called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices. So I love how it says they call to one another. Ephesians 5, um, 19 says, you know, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So yes, of course, when we sing or dance or laugh or, you know, lift worship to the Lord, that's to him and you know that's who we're lifting it up to but we're also called to sing and to worship like toward one another as well and that's just a beautiful sense of encouragement and community um, within believers because maybe somebody um, near you um, again like in my mind I'm kind of like in a worship setting in a church but this could be you know in other settings too that um, this person like really needs encouragement. They're really down in their faith. Um, when they try to worship, they aren't lifting their praises to God because they're just so distracted. They're so down. They feel so distant from Him. So you know, our worship not only is pleasing to God, but He uses it to encourage others, and He uses it to strengthen our relationships and strengthen our community. And that's made of an example with the angels. But that is so true and so relevant for us too. And just. Oh my gosh, the wonder and how the foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices. Like I just think of so many times where like I've been so distracted or timid in a worship setting, like I'm just kind of mumbling to myself or you know whatever, but they're singing with intention and might and power and that's what God deserves. He is so intentional and so mighty in our lives. Like we want to return the best we can of that to him and we want to intentionally yell at the top of our lungs like lord you are good you are so sovereign you are so wonderful you are so good to me and good at being god and just so faithful in my life and you know we can't hold back like these angels were not holding back in their worship they were giving everything they had to god and that is what he calls us to do too that is the example that he shows us in um, the book of luke with mary and how she poured out everything from you know her alabaster jar and then also just her heart and her soul and her mind she gave everything to jesus because she knew that that is the only place like where she could put in everything and receive something back and i just you know am embarrassed to think of all the times that i just stood there in like a worship setting or stood before the lord and held back from him because he is like the one place where i can give it all and it still wouldn't be enough, but he still gives back to me, you know, but we don't have to be embarrassed. There is no shame. There is no condemnation, but that challenges what my posture is then going to look like, you know, from this point forward. And then Isaiah talks about how, you know, he is so overcome by the glory of the Lord. He says, like, I am not worthy. You know, I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And I, like, I'm not worthy to be in your presence, God. But then, the angel touches his mouth um, with a coal that he's taken from the altar. 
and his iniquity is removed and his sin is atoned for and therefore he is able to be used and sent by god and so this is just an image of repentance and i think as you know somebody who's you know been in the church for the last few years i think when it comes to talking about confession or repentance we so often associate repentance with shame of you know confess your sins because you did something wrong and because you're wrong and you know you messed up and you're not worthy to be in this church right now you know like it's just you know the spirit of condemnation but jesus says there is no condemnation for those who are in him and so i think that we so often associate confession with shame but truly confession is freedom and isaiah sees that when he confesses to the lord like i am not worthy i am not clean like i don't deserve to be in your presence the lord like makes a way for him and he makes him clean so that he can be used by him and that is what the gospel is that is what jesus does for us you know the blood of jesus has made us clean it has washed away our sin and he does that so that we can come before him and say i and make clean, I can be used by you. I am free from all of the sin, from all of the shame, from all the guilt and the past mistakes that I have made. You, your blood, your righteousness has made me clean and made me ready and able to go and, you know, make disciples, to go do your will, to go be in your presence, to go serve with you, God, to do life with you. And so I just think that is such a beautiful image of how truly confession and repentance is freedom. It's not something that hinders us or holds us back, but it's something that sets us forward, truly. And then kind of the last thing that this scripture makes me think about is that there is an image. So this is true, and it's in the word. So we know that this is true, that the Lord is in heaven, seated on a throne with hundreds, thousands, if not like million angels surrounding him, singing right to him, singing his praise, are in perfect communion with him. He has all of that, yet he comes after us. There's this verse of a song that I love. It's called Hallelujah Here Below. And it says, 10,000 angels surround your throne to bring you praise that will never cease. Think of how often your praise has ceased. Think how often my praise has ceased. Because I'm imperfect, I'm broken, I'm a sinner. And then it says, but hallelujah from here below, from here on earth, from us, his children adopted through Jesus Christ is still your favorite melody. Think of all God has in heaven. Think of all the perfection and the beauty and the wonder that is in heaven. But he chose to come down in the form of a man to be beaten, to be betrayed, to be hung on a cross to die. Sorry, (laughs) to be hung on a cross to die. Because he wanted us. He wanted our praise. He, you know, restores and redeems our broken and messy mistakes and decisions and relationships because he wants us to see that he is good and he wants us to sing praise of the good that he has done. And so why waste your breath on anything else, you know? (laughs) Like, why waste your breath thinking, you know, I'm not good enough for God or, you know, like, I'm in college right now, like, I just don't really have time for it, like, this isn't really my thing, like, I get it that that works for other people, but it doesn't work for me, no, God came after you, he left the perfection that he had in heaven to come and be with you, and it doesn't matter what you have done, it doesn't matter what you have, if you repent and say, God, I need you, 
I, and you, you know, experience his presence and think I'm not worthy. He says, no, because of my son, because of Jesus, you are worthy because he is enough. You are enough. And so, like I said, <laughs> this scripture has just transformed my way of thinking. It's such a beautiful image of the gospel. And it's such a beautiful image of what our worship and our dedication um, to the Lord should look like. And so, like I said, I want to connect with you. Um, I'm trying to think of like a name to call these type of podcasts. Maybe like, you know, Bible chat, scripture chat, um, uh, to Taleo is a coffee shop I like, Taleo Talk. I'll think of something and I'll make that the title. <laughs> but um, let me know what you think about this scripture. Um, go ahead and read it for yourself. It's Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And let me know. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Um, be sure to stay tuned next Friday for a new episode. I think I have some excited thing, exciting things coming. So make sure that you're checking back each week. If I miss a day, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but um, take a look at this yourself. You'll be surprised how the Lord's word really can transform your life um, and make you think. So I pray that you are able to do that this week. And until next time, see y'all later. Bye.